Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Welcome you into and thank you so much for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. My name is Chris Swan. Like I said, really do appreciate you spending the day with us today. Here's how you reach out. America's Retirement Headquarters.com. That's the website. The phone number 419-794-3030. Once again, 419-794-3030. On today's show, do you have enough reliable income in your retirement plan? We're going to talk about a way to make sure you have those bases covered a new survey asks what financial advice you can give to your younger self, and we'll walk you through a typical first meeting with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, all this and more. But first, let me check in with the guys at America's Retirement Headquarters, Nolan and Scott. Glad to be with you as always. How you doing? Doing great. Yeah, I just uh, got back from uh, New York City last mm-hmm. weekend, so I had an opportunity to go out sure. and uh, go to Aaron Judge's All Rise Foundation event. Uh, of course, he just won the MVP last week, mm-hmm. and it was Good to go out there and, you know, good to be involved in another great charitable organization that's doing some great things for uh, youth uh, here and uh, all over. And uh, it was a nice time to be in New York City. A little cooler here. A little cooler there, but uh, things are good. And, Scott, I think you were last weekend at a big game, right? Oh, yeah. I was at the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals game. Uh, Took the kids over there, and um, uh, it was cold. I'm telling you, it was cold. But I will say this, for anybody here in this area that, um, whether you like them or not, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans are all about their Steelers, and they really get into it, which is kind of neat to see, you know. So we ran into some people that I actually knew, and, um, yeah, it was fun, but it was cold. Always uh, good to, uh, you know, see sports teams standing by them in good times and bad, and that's the thing that you're going to need with your retirement plan is you're going to need something to withstand the goods and the bads in the market. And, you know, it's not always going to be – uh, sunny and, and 60. It's going to have your, your colder days, much like the weather that we're experiencing these days. So you want to have an all-weather plan to get you through it. And that's what we want to get you thinking about more seriously as you get into retirement. So when you're ready to get started with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, remember that number, 419-794-3030. Now, do you want another signal that we might be headed into a recession? Fox Business actually talked to Mike Singleton, a senior analyst for Invictus, and here's what he said. The housing market is arguably the best leading indicator that we have. All you have to do is look at mortgage applications. They're at sort of pre-great financial crisis levels right now. You could look at new home sales down 42% off of their peak in 2020. The housing market looks very, very weak. And the implication is that 6 to 12 months, that's going to flow through the rest of the economy. So not necessarily comforting, but he is saying the worst is yet to come. How are you guys helping retirement savers get to the other side of this safely? Well, there definitely is some things that can be done and uh, smart reasons to make decisions. I think, again, one of the things that I would caution our listeners about is making uh, emotional knee-jerk decisions, you know, making a decision like now that the accounts have gone down, going to cash and getting out of the market. Um, you know, short term, that might, you know, make you feel better. But long term, you have to figure out, okay, you know, when do you get back in? And do you get back in after you miss the, the rally? And, you know, get that double whammy effect. There's things like the protected equity strategies that we talk to folks about. Uh, there's things like fixed index annuities that can offer you the ability to participate if the market goes up, uh, you know, protect you against further market losses. So absolutely smart steps to take. I encourage people to step sideways uh, not get out of the market or step completely back or make a big change to the overall allocation of the portfolio. Because at the end of the day, you know, nobody really controls what the stock market's going to do. Uh, you know, the market is going to do what the market wants to do. We recently did a couple events, and thank you for those of you who came out to our Baby Boomer event that we did over at uh, BGSU. And had a great crowd there. We also had an event the previous week when we were in Cincinnati, Ohio, talking to a group down there. I did an unscientific poll, and so I had asked the audience both uh, in Cincinnati and also at our BGSU event, uh, all three groups, I asked the question. I said, well, what do you think the stock market is more likely to do from where we're at right now? And it's going to do one of these things first. It's either going to start the recovery and go back up 20% 
or the downtrend is going to continue on and the market's going to drop another 20%. Mm -hmm. So when I ask the audience, and I've asked this question for, for quite some time, because, again, one of the two things is going to happen first. I think we would all agree that, you know, America and the country, the economy will eventually work itself out. Things will get better. Mm -hmm. The question is, is what's going to happen first? When I ask all three audiences, it was somewhere between 70 to 90% of the room raised their hand that they felt the market was more likely to go down first, wow. indicating that they don't feel that the worst is over. And, you know, what's a little bit concerning about that is, you know, with the market, it's an auction. So the more people show mm -hmm. up to buy, the higher the prices go. The more people show up to sell, the lower the prices go. And so that could almost be somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy. The thing is, is I would feel that a lot of those people maybe are making decisions based upon emotions. And if you feel emotional right now in this market, I would say make sure that you listen to the rest of the show because we're going to talk to you about how to keep your emotions in check. On our YouTube channel, we talk about how to invest in a bear market. Uh, we talk about other concepts to make smart decisions when inflation is high and help give you that information because what I want you to do is I want you to trying to make a decision based upon the facts. And history doesn't always repeat itself, but it oftentimes rhymes. You know, you know I'll add a couple of things to that. You know, on a trip to uh, Pittsburgh, I had um, uh, one of my son's friends, and, you know, and I've known him for quite a while, and I said, hey, by the way, how's your dad doing? He says, boy, you know, he's really kind of struggling right now. I go, well, what's the matter? I thought, you know, health or something like that. He says, well, he's just not having a lot of work. So when, when um, you know, Mike Singleton mentioned there in that clip that, the, the 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 housing market is a true tale of where we're headed in in the market still uh that's a real life situation where he's just not getting the work he's not uh doing the appraisals the houses aren't selling things have really came back on that a lot you know um so it's kind of a telling tale right there well I think to me, that's one of those obvious things where you see the housing prices, you know, even in our neighborhood, Scott and I both live in the same neighborhood together in Waterville. And, you know, when we were seeing people that were just, you know, way overpaying for houses Absolutely. and they couldn't even get onto the market, you knew that that's one of the, you know, signs that you don't want to be the last person to get on, the, right. on that. And the same is true, not making an emotional decision, trying to make it based upon facts. I mean, again, if we look at housing, you know what the fact of the house is worth. You can see historical prices. You can use that a historical information to try to make a smart decision about going forward. If we look at intra-year declines versus calendar year returns, what that would mean is that on any given year, it's not abnormal to see the market have a pullback, you know, 10 or 15%. Sure. Those are normal market pullbacks throughout the year. And then it's also very common that at the end of the year, you can see that the market actually finishes strong. Mm -hmm. Well, if we look at it, there's been only a handful of times that the S&P 500 index, and you can't invest directly into the S&P, but using that index as a benchmark, there's only been a handful of times that it's gone down greater than 25% which of course investors experienced this year. Using that as a guideline would say maybe the worst of it is behind us uh, because you know only 2008 uh, and a couple other times like 2000, 2001, 2002 where you had three back-to-back -back years. Uh, historically speaking, the worst of this could be behind us, not to say short-term there might not be more pain within the market. Now the other thing that we just got through is we got through this midterm election, which again was you know, one of the great debates. But if you look going back at the results of the market, going back to 1950, you know, you've got a lot of years in there where you can look at the midterm election averages. So the 12 months leading up to the midterms are where, you know, investors have experienced the most amount of pain with market pullbacks. Um, but what you can see is that some of the most positive returns are the 11 months following the election month. So that could say, based upon, again, historical information, uh, there could be some good things to come. But Chris, I guess at the end of the day, the market's gonna do what the market's gonna do. Uh, just make sure if you're an investor that you're making a smart, intelligent decision about what to do. I don't want you to get yourself in a situation where you get hurt. Uh, and that's absolutely what we're here to help try to answer and guide you through this type of environment.
And if you feel like you need a little bit of that emotional detachment or a little bit of a helping hand when it comes to your retirement plan, uh, especially, you know, if, if you've endured the the bumps and, and what have you from this year, here's the truth of it. When it comes to midterm elections, there's another election coming up two years from now and then another election two years from now. You're going to see multiple <laughs> elections uh, sure. over the course of your retirement. You're going to see probably more than one or two market drawbacks over the course of your retirement. So, uh, you know, if, if you can develop a plan in place that's going to account for these and let you have a bit of that emotional detachment, I think that could really go a long way to making your retirement as enjoyable as possible. Again, if you need a little help with that, it's real easy. Pick up the phone, give a call, schedule time to speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, 419-794-3030, or go online to the website, americasretirementheadquarters.com. I think we all are aware of the fact that when you retire, when you are no longer in the working world, will the paychecks stop coming in? So the question is, should your retirement plan feature a guaranteed stream of income, much like that paycheck you're accustomed to getting every two weeks? Annuity advocate Cheryl Moore of Wincontel.com tells us an annuity just might help with that. Most Americans are more concerned about a return of their money than a return on their money. So a lot of financial advisors are searching for the ability to earn their clients the most amount of money that they can. And that's great, usually for a portion of the client's money. But there's another part of the money where the client's saying, I'm worried about running out of money in retirement. What do I do for that portion that I want to guarantee that income with? And a mix of portfolios and stocks and bonds isn't going to guarantee that because it doesn't have an insurance element in it. So is this a common concern that you guys hear from clients? And if it is, is an annuity something that you recommend in most cases? Well, I think the fear of outliving your income is the number one fear. I know number two, when we talked about on the past show was healthcare related expenses. So yeah, it is a top concern for, you know, the clients, the people that we meet with and the people that listen to the show and call us and talk to us. And in fact, if you just missed the previous section, we were talking about is the worst in the stock market over yet? Um, And if you missed that, you can always just check us out on Spotify, our YouTube channel, Apple, or any of the podcast series that you have. We've got those all available on those past segments. But the nice thing about an annuity, again, annuities are uh, different. They're sometimes not understood. Uh, And of course, the claims paying ability depends upon the issuing insurance company. But when you look at getting three sources of retirement income, what I consider to be retirement income and reliable income, uh, you have pensions, social security, and annuities. And I don't know about you, Scott, but I know people like getting reliable, consistent income, especially in retirement time. Absolutely. You know, I love the way that Cheryl mentioned that, um, you know, people are concerned about the return of their money, not on their money. And if you really dive down and think about that, you know, I haven't, I, I don't know that I've ever really heard that said like that, but I, I really like that term because, you know, at the end of the day, you should have other sources of money. You know, we always talk about the buckets of money, right? Diversifying, having buckets of money. If you need uh, a certain, you know, distribution of some sort, or you have that big purchase, or you want to go on that, that vacation, that dream vacation, that's where you take money out of some of the other buckets. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that the money you have is going to be there for the life of your retirement, as long as that takes. You know, we do a lot of annuities. You know, when when Dad passed away, you know, he had some money in a an annuity through um, Chrysler where he retired. I was able to convert that money and put it into a, a an annuity, a fixed index annuity for my mom. And uh, you know, a fixed in- index annuity, like you mentioned, Nolan, you have the ability to get big gains on the upside and you're you're capped at that bottom you know when the, if the if the market drops the way it has been dropping you're not going to suffer those big losses on the downturn uh, and that's going to be there like you said you know the strength of the company but it's an insurance policy it's a it's a plan that you put in place that's going to give you that steady income we do uh, a lot of annuities here we do the fixed index annuities we do just you know your regular index annuities and and um you know they're a great tool to have that's true the three sources of reliable income is pensions social security and annuities uh i give you a bonus one as well another one that i oftentimes think that many retirees uh, overlook is 
uh, dividends and interest income. And sure. the reason being is dividends and interest income is a controllable item. So although you know one might not be able to control the ups and downs of the stock market, by investment selection process, you can control the amount of dividends and interest that you get in a portfolio. Uh, I can think of a perfect example of a gentleman who uh, recently retired, and he retired at 59, and he was wanting to kind of bridge his gap, so to say, between now and 67, which would be his full retirement age. Mm -hmm. And so in that situation, what we were doing is we were taking a look at what is the income that's going to be needed, you know, over the next 12 months? What's the income that's going to be needed in year two, three, four, and five? And by building it out that way, we were able to kind of reverse look at the fact that, you know, if you had money that you didn't need for four years, mm -hmm. There's other vehicles like a fixed annuity, a bank CD. There's other investments that offer higher potential return than, say, your checking or savings or your money market account. That was a way to make sure they were getting all of the money put together. When you're looking at the annuity concept, uh, there is a confusion there because of the different types of annuities that are out there. You have what is called a fixed annuity. Mm -hmm. You have a variable annuity. You have an indexed annuity, you have an immediate, and you have a deferred annuity. Those are the common types of annuity vehicles that are out there. But if somebody wanted to try to reduce the worry of outliving their income, um, if you were taking, say, a 6% withdrawal rate and you had a fixed annuity that was paying you 4%, if you got 4%, but you're taking out 6 your money actually would last for 28 years. Sure. Uh, even a 7%, you know, they talk about what is the safe withdrawal rate. If uh, somebody was taking a 7% withdrawal rate but getting 4% on their fixed account, uh, that money would last for 21 years. Mm -hmm. So it helps reduce the volatility that can be created when you have years like 2022 when both the stock and the bond market go down, adding a little bit more consistency inside of there. Uh, even in your example, why I like index annuities. It allows you to participate in a percentage of the gain when the market goes up, but mm -hmm. to protect you against loss when the market goes down. Even if the uh, worst case scenario is zero, this is where I say, you know, zero can still be your hero or be your friend because if you take 100% of the account divided by a 5% withdrawal rate, that means if the market never went up, it still would provide 20 years worth of income. Mm -hmm. So, Getting some consistency in the portfolio, I think, can be ways to consider, you know, what is the right strategy uh, to build out that reliable income sources and what are the different sources of retirement income. And so if you're not sure what your income sources are and you want more predictability in your income, uh, that's what we can help do an analysis for you. And for those of you that have maybe an older annuity and you're confused about it, it doesn't hurt to you know sit down and have a conversation because not all annuities are good, not all stocks are good, not all investments are good. Some are great. It's just important to understand what you have, and that's exactly what we can kind of help do an analysis on, whether you're considering an annuity or whether you have an older annuity and want to know, is it time that I should upgrade it? Having that annuity x-ray, so to speak, done, uh, something that can go a long way to addressing the uh, one of the top concerns among retirees and pre-retirees living, uh, outliving their money, literally the fear of life, uh, as opposed to, you know, previously the, the fear of death. When you talk about these guaranteed sources of income, Social Security is something that we're all in some capacity going to have coming to us. Pensions have kind of gone by the wayside, so that may not necessarily be the case. Annuities, that is something that, you know, may or may not be the right fit for you. But if you can have as many sources of guaranteed income as possible, as we said earlier, it can go a long way to addressing those concerns. So to see... If and, and what would be right for you, pick up the phone, give a call, and schedule a time to speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, 419-794-3030. That's 419-794-3030, or you can always go online to the website, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Now, I think one thing that we can probably all agree on is uh, we have too many meetings. Uh, time management author Donna McGeorge feels the length of meetings should definitely be shorter. So if right now you're probably booking meetings for about 60 minutes and by the time people come in late are unprepared and they have to be rebriefed and then some people have to leave early to get off to their next meeting, chances are you're only getting about 25 minutes of quality time in those meetings. Now, to be fair, sometimes meetings are necessary, like when you first sit down with a client to begin mapping out a retirement plan. We're only talking about 
you know, the remainder of their life. You'd probably want to go and have a meeting for that. So how long do these typically last? And when it comes to structuring uh, follow-ups, how do you go about doing that? I think great question. You know, if you look at the ARHQ meeting process, uh, you know, first of all, we want to be available where our clients want to be available at. So whether that's a 15-minute telephone consultation, uh, talk about, you know, something that they have a question or concern about. Um, we offer Zoom meetings. We found a lot of people like to jump on Zoom in the good old days, uh, traveling up maybe from Finley, Ohio was a, a half-day event, and now they can just get sure. on a Zoom call and uh, dial in on a Zoom video call. And still, we love those face-to-face meetings of sitting down and, and having time to get together with people. We do typically have a process for our first appointment. In fact, we have a video that just talks about what that first appointment process looks like. And that meeting is where we're talking about their individual goals and objectives, kind of mapping things out. When we structure a follow-up process, I come from a family of dentists. Uh, So my dad was a dentist, my brother was a dentist. Once we get the team action plan put together and we you know, address the issues of helping them better manage their money, protect their hard-earned assets, and efficiently plan their estate. I love the concept of making sure that every six months we have that checkup scheduled. When people come in and they're looking at things on a health insurance, uh, how often do you find and what is the follow-up process, Scott, that you guys have there at America's Medicare Associates? Well, one of the big problems I have, and and, uh, Donna mentioned it exactly right, you know, I schedule 60-minute appointments. I'm a talker. Everybody knows I'm a talker, right? I mean, that's one of my downfalls. I love to talk to people. I build that relationship. It's not just a a sales presentation. It's a a relationship building. And that first, um, and and I'm going to throw this back at you, Nolan, because I'm going to ask some questions about your process too. But, um, you know, I think that first, that first appointment, that first 60 minutes where I sit down is where I really build the relationship with the client and myself. I get all of the information. I go through the process, the fact finding. Uh, one of the things that I have instituted with, um, uh, with Medicare is I've adopted something that you guys do um, uh, for your investment meetings. And that is I have the uh, get connected where I'll bring them back in after the sale, after they receive their packet in the mail. And then um, I help them log into an account, create their account for them, and, and we go through how to navigate through uh, through their accounts and that. Um, a lot of times my meeting is on the spot, they make a decision, and they sign up right then and there. Okay, so it's a little bit different there. One of the things that I have started to institute to kind of help save time, because AEP, you know, when you're, when you're looking at 40 to 45 appointments a week, I don't have a lot of time to gather information, is having clients email me their prescription list and or their doctors and hospitals that they prefer to go to. So I can get a lot of the, you know, the, the technical stuff done before they come in. Wouldn't you say, Nolan, the first appointment with you is really where you sit down and kind of build that relationship and get that fact-finding process started? Is that typically the most lengthy part of your your process? No, actually, that meeting is, to me, it's like a visit. It's kind of getting a chance to get to know each other. The most in-depth meeting that we have, I would say, is called our Team Action Plan. Uh, The Team Action Plan is where we go through... After somebody's come in for a first appointment, they leave us all of their documents, maybe their investment statements, their taxes, their insurances. And what we're doing is we're doing a comprehensive analysis. And, you know, as I'm going through and I'm identifying things, what I'm doing is I'm writing down uh, various threats and opportunities. Okay. Uh, for example, I'm not an attorney, but I know having properly named beneficiaries is something that's very important mm-hmm. on all of your financial accounts. So if I look at, you know, somebody's insurance statement, I noticed recently they didn't have a named beneficiary on there. You know, so we would jot that down because that could be a big threat to their family if they don't get that fixed. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, I bonds. I had somebody here recently that had a pretty large balance just setting aside in their savings account. Well, if they transitioned some of that money into I-bonds and didn't need it for a year, two, or five, they have the opportunity to earn a lot more than what they're getting in their checking and savings. So that meeting is a great meeting because I get to share a lot of my observations, 
help them avoid some of those blind spots and look for ways to put more money in their pocket. The third meeting, quite frankly, is, is actually my favorite meeting, though, okay. because the third meeting, after I share the observations, what I do is I get back together with them and I get to paint the Disney behind the scenes magic. Sure. So they say, OK, you know, if I was putting this all together, when we get back together the next time, I'll show you exactly what I think would be the right approach for you. It's like painting the picture. It's mm -hmm. a perfect time for me. So that's where they actually get the concept. They understand what you're talking about, and they see how you're different from where they may be currently invested and, and how you can make things better for them. That third appointment is your favorite. Yeah, and then from there, it's all about you know coming out to different events. So we're all about education, so keeping them plugged in, kind of like the dentist's office every six months, having them come out to the educational events that we do and the social events. You know, really at that point, they're part of the family and really plugged in from sure. there. Sure, absolutely. It's kind of the same with me. You know, it's it's after the fact. I've really found that the um, the get connected after the fact has really, really helped out in, in my process. Um, but uh, no, you know, it's, it's fun to meet with people and build that relationship. And uh, when you see them walk out with the... Uh, the sigh of relief, the smile on their face, their shoulders are dropped and a little more relaxed, uh, you know you did a good job for them. And that's really what it's all about. You know, you may have concerns based on things we've talked about on this week's show, things that you're just aware of, you know, as it pertains to your retirement prospects. When it comes to having that emotional detachment, it all starts with that first step, picking up the phone, scheduling the time to speak with America's Retirement Headquarters and America's Medicare Associates, 419 794 3030 is how you take that first step. I mean, here's a question for you What's your relationship? With your money are you conservative do you spend too much nobel winning psychologist daniel kahneman uh, conducted a study showing that we make financial decisions based on 90 percent emotion and only 10 percent logic there's that e-word again creeping into the picture if you follow that model uh well how could that get you in trouble in retirement it absolutely can get you in trouble from all phases especially in retirement you know Retirement, probably the biggest one, because it doesn't allow you the luxury of time to make up for mistakes. So, you know, I, I think as a 46-year-old, I've probably made some emotional decisions in my life that I look back and I say, lesson learned. Sure. You know, but retirement, you get kind of one shot at it. So you've got to really be careful uh, not to allow your emotions to get involved in making those investment decisions. The kind of ways that you do that is you want to really identify, you know, clear long-term goals. So you want to use logic to make these decisions. Uh, oftentimes, if we look at the process that we go through through the independent income system, mm -hmm. we'll have money set aside in different buckets. And one of those buckets might be for long-term growth, and that could be your stock market money. Well, if you don't need that particular bucket for 10 or 15 years, what happens today in the stock market doesn't have as big of an impact. And I think, to me, the problem with the emotional aspect is, you know, most people got up and they went to work every single day and you, you worked your nine to five or whatever your shift was. You received your paycheck. You got used to having a consistent mm -hmm. paycheck. And then you transition into retirement time. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a, a big lump sum of money and, you know, having a nest egg of money and picking at it is not really a logical strategy. Uh, that's why you want to go through and kind of figure those things out. When you look at it, also that transition from the working years to retirement, when we go through the planning process, we identify through our team approach issues like taxes, uh, estate planning, asset protection, money management. And within of those, there might be a lot of different things that need to get done. So what you have to do is you have to begin to prioritize which of those items that you want to have happen and then make sure that you consult with a professional and i would think the same probably applies scott when you're looking at uh things and helping folks make healthcare decisions uh it can be dangerous to make an emotional decision with your healthcare absolutely. choice you know absolutely one of the things that happens with that is uh you know you've seen these commercials and you know everybody comes in that i talk to they said oh well you know i see these commercials where i talk to somebody and and I'm so confused. I'm just so tired of this. I just don't know what to do. So I just 
pulled the trigger and called on this. And I've had that happen. You know, the good thing with Medicare and, and with health insurance is you have that one free do-over from, you know, January 1st to, to March 31st, which is the uh, open enrollment period. So, Nolan, I, I, I want to ask you this. So let's say that I receive a, a uh, I retire, I receive a, a, um, a lump sum of money, and I decide to put it into some sort of uh, mechanism with you and, and you work out uh, your independent income system. And then I, I get questions or, or let me, let me back up. Let's say that I invested with somebody else because I didn't know what I was doing and I was nervous and I, it was an emotional boom. I give them all my money. How often do you see people actually make changes to their plans and can you make changes anytime for you know your investments i mean are you flexible enough to do that with your investments or do you what if you get into a product that's got um you know you have got to keep the money in there for five years or something like that is that happen yeah so lots of great questions there scott i know i yes i I threw all kinds of them at you and i would say you know at the end of the day it, it sounds like uh the answer would be it depends right so you really based upon all the different things that you were asking first of all when you make a decision to retire. Um, You've made some decisions about that date. You've probably made some decisions about what to do with your 401k. As you mentioned, your lump sum pension or whether you take it as a monthly payout. You know, hopefully you're talking with a financial professional before you're making those decisions about what to do. Um, I had met uh, somebody earlier and he had talked about his uh, 401k And when I looked at the statements, you know, what he had showed me is the fact that uh, this account was an after-tax account. I said, well, a 401k is usually a tax-deferred retirement vehicle. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I decided to cash it out and just invest it on my own. Well, you know, what he didn't realize is by cashing it out, his 401k, that's a taxable event. Sure. You know, he's got a massive tax bill you're going to have to pay. You could have invested it through what is called like a direct rollover, which would not have been a taxable decision. Uh, The decision of taking the lump sum versus the monthly payout, you'd have to run the numbers. You'd have to look at things like life expectancy and survivorships. You know, sometimes it's better to take the monthly payout. Uh, I think some of the offers that are out there to have that consistent monthly paycheck on a reliable income source uh, can make a lot of sense to take it for either that retiree's lifetime or to cover a spouse or a certain number of years called period certain. Other cases, the offer is so low and maybe they have other financial assets that they can take the lump sum, still have it invested, yet be able to have some money that they could leave to you know their children because usually a pension is gone after uh, both husband and wife are gone unless you have that period certain. Uh, so all of these things, they kind of factor in uh, making those decisions. And then, you know, I think if you took things slow, uh, you would probably be less likely to make changes. So your your last question was, you know, if I make a decision, can I quickly or easily make a change? Sure. And again, that depends. So like if you put your money into liquid investments like stocks and bonds, the answer most likely is yes. Uh, But then my follow-up before you do that would be, you know, did you pay a commission to make those investments? Again, I just recently met with somebody and all of their money, he retired about a year ago. Mm -hmm. So talk about what a, you know, challenging year he's had this year. Uh, All of his money, this investment firm charged him an upfront sales charge on transferring his money over into the IRA. And so his question is, is can I change? And the answer is yes, he can. But you know, he already paid a sales charge a year ago. So we'll have to do further analysis to determine whether that's in his best interest or not. Right. Some products like you talk about, uh, things uh, have uh, illiquidity feature. There's things that have uh, surrender charges. So all that has to be really kind of factored in to a tailored approach. And this is why I think it becomes so important for those of you that are listening that if you're, you know, within five years of retirement to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, uh, whether it's our firm or somebody else who specializes in retirement, it's going to be a lot easier to make a better educated decision when you take time to work through all of these areas versus when all of a sudden the shock of losing your job, you thought you were going to continue working 
And that's when you get into this uh, emotional battle of making a lot of poor decisions. So bottom line, here's the summary. Understand that your emotions can affect your judgment. Mm -hmm. You want to focus on the facts Mm -hmm. rather than your feelings. And you want to use the past to identify some of the lessons that you've learned in life to now help you make smart decisions going forward. Doing those things and, you know, getting a plan in place before something happens is going to allow you to make a better decision. It it rings true with me as well with Medicare and health insurance is whatever you do, just make sure that you contact, reach out to Nolan or myself and, and make sure that you have someone that is in the business, a professional in the business that can at least give you some guidance and, and move forward with, um, uh, you know, don't let your emotions try to hit that 10% logic, if at all possible. I want to zero in on something that Nolan said there. You know, whether you do work with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters or not, you want to, at this stage of the game, find someone who specializes in retirement because the rules are are vastly different, as I think longtime listeners and viewers are are quite aware at this point, um, you know, it's different in retirement versus the working world when the focus is on accumulation and now it is making that money last. So finding someone who knows the ins and outs as it pertains to retirement because it's different and, and not knowing the rules to the, this new game uh, could be pretty catastrophic one way or another. So pick up the phone, give a call, and schedule a time to speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. 419-794-3030 is how you do it. Have a little bit of that emotional detachment when it comes to your retirement plan, but still having a plan and at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. 419-794-3030. Online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. A lot of people come to you guys asking if they can retire. And sometimes the numbers say that they can do so early, perhaps even before the age of 62. Uh, when those situations arise, does that take extra planning? What are the challenges that people face when it comes to early retirement? Well, one of the things, uh, one of the uh, probably one of the bigger things that they face is healthcare costs. You know, if you're... Uh, under the 65 age and you're looking to retire early, whether it's 62 or even in your late 50s, you're going to have to purchase health insurance to, uh, you know, cover those health costs, Mm -hmm. you know, and that can be an extremely costly uh, process. And if you don't uh, make the right decisions, you could end up with some uh, extremely high out of pockets, you know, so Yes, are you looking to put a budget together and and how do you do so? You know, one of the things you want to look for is uh, the Unaffordable Care Act, as I like to refer to it as. Um, You know, you're looking at premiums and deductibles that could be anywhere from, uh, you know, the deductibles are $9,100 for an individual. You know, you're $18,200 for a family deductible on the... um, uh, the marketplace health insurance, you know. So if you've got health issues, you need to pay attention to the health care costs if you're looking to retire early. We can help with that. You know, there's a lot of things that you need to really be uh, um, um, made aware of. And then if you don't have an advisor or somebody helping you, and you're trying to navigate that by yourself, it's very, very confusing. You know, in, in our area where we're at right here, there's over hundred and uh, over 125 different plans available how do you know which plan to pick you know and if you choose the wrong one you know 18,000 out of pocket for uh, a deductible can really blow up by a early retirement portfolio yeah it really can I, I can think about about a year ago going back before the end of last year we had run into that uh, couple they were looking to retire they were going to retire at 62 mm-hmm. needed to bridge that gap to get to 65 and in that situation, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that the Affordable Care Act is an income-based plan, not an asset-based plan. You know, so in his situation, right. if yep. you remember, what we did is we pulled some of his uh, income and investments out before the end of the year on what his needs were going to be to bridge that gap to get him to age sure. 65. And now when he applied in this year, he didn't have to show that income because he had already taken it out, thus able to keep his health care costs lower. So there's ways to navigate that. Uh, We're happy to help look at that. The next thing you want to do is you want to stress test your financial plan. Uh, Make sure that you stress test your plan. We talk about what's called the sequence of returns. But if you look at uh, when the sequence of returns hurts somebody the most, 
It's when they begin to take withdrawals out and transition into retirement time because those losses really hurt. And a negative return in the early years of retirement can accelerate the risk of outliving your income. Um, I ran into a gentleman just recently and he came in and uh, said, you know, I retired a year and a half ago and, you know, I still have my money in the stock mm -hmm. and bond market and wanted to take a look at it. And at the time that he set it up, when he looked at his withdrawal rate and what he was going to take out, to me, it was somewhat a, a reasonable withdrawal rate at the starting point. But because of his withdrawals and the stock market this year, uh, what happened is he's all of a sudden approaching a 7% withdrawal rate. Sure. So if he continues on on the same spending pattern, he's just one year into retirement. So he has a long time to go. And quite frankly, a 7% withdrawal rate is a pretty aggressive withdrawal rate. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is, is looking at uh, talking on that context is people sometimes will go in, they'll do excess spending. So mm -hmm. uh, I see people that want to do that big cruise that they've always dreamed about doing. They want to get a new car. They're going to remodel the kitchen because they're going to spend more time in there. And now all of a sudden they took out a withdrawal to cover their monthly income needs, but then they took out you know, 10, 25, 50, $75,000 more money to do all of these big items that they wanted to do right at retirement time. And they had not factored that in to part of the plan. And there's times to do that. Like last year was a pretty good year in the market. You know, if you were over and above your goals, that's a year maybe you spend a little bit more where, you know, 2022 is a year that maybe you tighten the belt down a little mm -hmm. bit more. And, and by taking out those large withdrawals after the market goes down, you're effectively, you know, selling your investments at a loss. It's, a, you know, kind of a dangerous strategy. You know, Nolan, I actually had that situation where I had a, a client that retired early and uh, his wife had some serious health issues and they met their deductible and they had to pull money out, you know, to the tune of $8,700 for the deductible on the health plan, you know, and, you know, they're in their early 60s, you know, and, and uh, so, yes, those unexpected withdrawals, um, like you said, in 2022 or maybe a kind of pull back on that. Yeah, and if you're looking to retire early, you want to look at, can you replace your paycheck? So without a salary, you're going to need to use your nest egg to create regular income streams to cover your expenses. You know, ideally, you want to have enough to cover 70, maybe 85% of your former paycheck, at least be able to cover what are the minimum monthly income needs. This year is a good example of how you want to factor in inflation into your portfolio. Your cost of living is going to get higher in the future than the day that you retire. So just remember that inflation is real. It's got to be part of your plan. And if you're young, you need to plan on inflation over a 20 or 30 year time frame. Uh, another consistent theme I've seen of people being able to retire early is being debt free, mm -hmm. you know, from credit cards to car loans to mortgages and any other bank loans, you know, paying off and having a significant amount of your debt paid off is a big relief for a lot of the retirees. The ones that I see that are out there, you know, living a long time, enjoying life, uh, uh, clear theme is they're usually debt free. And the last one, like what you had talked about is looking at sure. health insurance costs today. Uh, that's, you know, how to get affordable health care before the age 65, transitioning into health care needs on Medicare to down the road. What's the plan if you or a loved one needs some form of long term care in your lifetime? You definitely want to make sure that all the, the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted when it comes to, you know, entering into retirement, especially if you're going to do so earlier, because as we talked about previously, you know, the number one concern is outliving your money. And if you're going to retire earlier, you have to make the money you have last that much longer. So there's a little bit of work you want to do in there ahead of time. You want to definitely have a plan and not, uh, you know, wing it and, and hope for the best because that's one of the situations where more than likely you may be facing the possibility of unretirement in the future. So get a plan started and see, you know, what steps you should take and, and things that you may not have considered beforehand and make sure that it's all handled before you clock out for the last time. 419-794-3030 is how you speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Or go to the website with that name, americasretirementheadquarters.com. So guys, let's have a little fun here. Let's pretend that time travel was possible. What decade of your life would you choose to experience all over again? There was a new survey of seniors that found their number one answer was their 30s. A lot of them described that decade as their best and their happiest. So what financial advice would you tell your younger self? 
Boy, I don't know that I would go to the 30s. No? Where no. would you go to? I love my 20s. 20s? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, let's go 25 to 35. So kind of cover both. Okay. I really, really enjoyed my 20s. I had a great time in my 20s. I started a career and um, played a lot of sports. I was doing softball and soccer in the open division leagues and getting hurt and having a lot of fun and experiencing a lot of things. And um, uh, I made a huge mistake then. And the one thing, one piece of advice that I would go back and tell myself was don't cash in your investment accounts. You know, I was young, young and, and stupid, and, and uh, I, was, uh, I worked at a bank, and I had stock options, and I maximized my contributions out of my paycheck. But then I decided uh, that I needed a motorcycle, so I cashed it in and bought a stupid motorcycle. And, um, you know, knowing what I know now, you know, because that's important. You know, you could go back and tell your younger self any kind of, you know, stories and that. But knowing what I know now, I definitely would have um, maximized and stayed in those accounts that I set up 42 years ago. Because I think today those would be... uh, uh, pretty hefty accounts, and I would also probably look at investing heavily into Starbucks uh, when they first came out. Because who would have thought you'd have paid five dollars for a cup of coffee back when Starbucks first came to the scene? Well, I would say for me, my thirties, and I'd say thirties because it was great. That's when my you know kids were born. We were sure. raising kids, doing all the fun stuff. I kind of love every age of them. You know, my oldest is in college at BGSU, and I get to go down there and be a college kid again sometimes with them. And uh, I couldn't think of a better time than spending time with my high school son on the weekends and the holidays. But I remember the days when I'd walk in the house and, you know, the kids would go nuts and dad's home and the yeah. dog would bark and it was exciting time. And now they, you know, barely look up after the phone <laughs> when I walk in. And, you know, I finally started to have a little bit of money in, in my 30s and started, you know, building the, the company and the foundation that we have here today. Probably the best advice that I could say is uh, pay taxes now. And in fact, this would be still the best advice that I'd give to folks that are out there. Uh, For those of you that are close to or in retirement time are just starting out, you know, a, a big concept and a big approach that people talk about is to delay taxes and, you know, put money in pre-tax investments like 401ks and IRAs, because when you move into retirement time, your tax rates will be lower. You know, after 28 years of doing this and working with hundreds of families and helping them transition into retirement time, the reality is, is for most of the folks that I see in retirement time that have been good savers and good stewards of their money, you know, their retirement bill is actually not lower in retirement time. It's actually higher because they're taking those trips and doing fun things and they're spending money with the grandkids and they're going out and experiencing life. And, you know, had they paid a little bit more in taxes in the earlier years, then they'd have the ability to get the harvest uh tax-free in some of the vehicles that are out there, like the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k. There may be other vehicles to take a look at. Um, The other thing I'd say is, you know, if I looked at it, um, I started investing when I was 12 years old. My dad was teaching me how to buy mutual funds when I was just a little kid, uh, which is why I got into this industry when I was 18. And it's, you know, the conversations that you hear at the top of the stairs as a kid. And uh, you know, I've got to take a minute to just tell, you know, mom and dad, thanks a lot for sure. giving me good advice. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, my daddy telling me either uh, be the man or work for the man, which is why I chose to be uh, self-employed and start my own business. And I love the freedom of being able to be independent, you know, and give clients advice on what's in their best interest versus working for their, somebody that tries to get me to sell you know, their company-owned products. I love that freedom and flexibility. I love the fact that uh, I don't work on the weekends and haven't since my kids have been born, so I can spend time with them. And it's given us a a lot of uh, flexibility to, to be able to do that. And I think, you know, we all look back and say, you know, what could I, should I, would have done differently? Um, you know, everybody has their own path on what things. Some people, maybe 20%, the survey says they would have liked to have saved more. Uh, 14% would have wanted to invest earlier. 39% wish they were better advised about their money. And, you know, 50% of seniors admit that they've received advice from somebody that they 
didn't really think too much of at the time, but later on looked back and said that that was pretty darn good advice that they had got. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, coming up with, um, you know, we just had, um, uh, you know, Thanksgiving here and and being thankful for things, I guess, kind of ties into, you know, what what would you tell your younger self? One of the other things that, you know, as you were talking, Nolan, that that popped into my head was I, I would tell my younger self, relax, take the time to enjoy every minute of every day. Because, uh, I, you know, like you with my daughter, you know, going to Kent State and playing softball and traveling around and seeing all of these really cool stadiums and that. And now that uh, she's done and graduated, I sit back and I, all I have is pictures of those memories, which are awesome. And I love to look at those. But to really sit down and, and take a deep breath and enjoy the moment, you know, because there's going to come a point in time where all you're going to have is time to sit down and think about the moments instead of and enjoy the moments you're in. Like uh, last weekend being in Pittsburgh, that was an absolutely incredible time. The kids loved it. They had smiles on their face uh, or maybe their faces were frozen with a smile. I don't know. Great advice, not only for your younger self, great advice for where you're at in life. And, sure. you know, as we're spending time, hopefully with family over the holidays and, you know, if not, if you're just relaxing around the house, just be, you know, thankful for what you have and really you know, figure out what your younger self would have said, but take that advice and apply it to today, I think is going to always be the best advice. Absolutely. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. It's easy to look back and say, I wish I would have done this. Well, here's the thing is that we, we don't have time travel. That's not a thing. But what we can do is plan for the future and using professionals like the team at America's Retirement Headquarters over, you know, 75 plus years of industry experience, let them impart that experience onto you as you get ready for this next journey, this next chapter in your life. It all starts with that phone call, 419-794-3030. Or you can always schedule a time on the website as well, americasretirementheadquarters.com. And I want to thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here on the show, here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Genuinely do appreciate it. Please uh, have a great week. Have a safe week. And guys, as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah, great quote for the week. So if you want to be happy, do not dwell in the past. Do not worry about the future. Focus on living fully in the present. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.